Hello, people. Welcome to episode 11 of the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. Thank you very much to everybody that's been in touch over the last week regarding the previous episode with Frank Turner. There's been lots of nice comments, so thank you very much for that. I'm glad that everybody's enjoyed it. This week, sticking with the Extra Mile-based artists, I have Beans on Toast. Um, I met up with uh, with Beans on Toast uh, at the Brudenell Social Club. It's always nice to go back there. Um, it's absolutely brilliant venue. I've mentioned it before. I think it was with Sam Duckworth of Get Cape Where Cape Fly. Um, if you haven't been, it's a brilliant venue. Um, there's there's always a great excuse to go there. So do try and do that. So I met up here, as I say, with uh, with Beans on Toast midway through his current tour. Um, there's plenty more dates, so if you've not seen Beans on Toast before, or this is your first introduction to, and you think, oh, I may as well check him out, correct, get along to that, and I'll give you some dates in a minute as to where you can go and catch up with him. He's a very, very busy man. We spoke about a lot of things, um, and I just want to quickly mention his new album, um, which is called Bird in the Hand has very, very, very quickly become my current favourite album of the year. Um, I think it came out before the start of the year, but I haven't stopped listening to it over the last sort of three weeks. It's on rotation with that and um, Chaz Palmer-Williams, uh, his solo album as well. Um, that's uh, American Smile, British Teeth, which both are available on Spotify, which is what I'm currently using to to listen to stuff when my son doesn't want to sleep during the middle of the night. So yeah, check both of those albums out. We speak about the new album and its subject matter of becoming a parent. Um, We also cover off Glastonbury um, and his many experiences there, um, as well as being part of a a very famous street artist's uh, work. Um, And yeah, it's it's a great chat. I had a a lot of fun speaking to Beans on Toast. So yeah, do check it out. He is, as I mentioned, on tour. He's a very, very busy man. Um, you can catch him pretty much everywhere. Um, I'll give you a few dates here. So if you listen to this at the time of release, um, then the next gig is in Hull. Um, so Yorkshire people, get along to that. It's at the Adelphi Club, which is another great venue. And that's on the 12th of February. Um, then he goes to... Uh, Manchester on the 13th, Leicester on the 14th, Birmingham on the 15th, Bristol on the 16th, and then down to Exeter on the 20th of February, Truro, Plymouth, Nottingham, Oxford, Tunbridge Wells, Brighton. Um, He's then in London on the 28th of February, having a little break, and then picking back up on the 16th of March in Frome, going over to to Belfast, Dublin, um, and then into... And mainland Europe so yeah do check him out he's all over the place in Europe as well um, and then jumping over to Australia for a while before coming back and hitting the festivals so yeah do check him out um, there are links to the website um, within the within the subject of this podcast so have a look at that and um, check out the new album and enjoy the conversation here it is beans on toast Here with Jay McAllister is that correct that is correct. Oh, the internet lied to me, potentially. Um, also known as Beans on Toast. Correct as How well. How are you doing, man? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Excellent. So we're here at the Brudenell Social Club in Leeds. 
Um, I imagine it's not your first time. Definitely not. One of my favourite uh, venues in the country, actually. Yeah. Brudenell. Um, yeah, played here many times over the years. Hard, hard to count exactly, but um, it's quite a regular, a sort of regular venue for me on my kind yeah. of yearly tour in circle. Um, I've just had a little gander at the room next door because they've built a whole new yeah, room. Yeah. In it. I, I mean, I'm glad we're in the the usual room. The because, classic room. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. a creature of habit. Um, but uh, yeah, there's you know, I'm, it's great that they have built another room and you know, like more power to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've it's it's a real hub of the sort of Leeds and sort of Yorkshire's music scene. Um, I think pretty much everybody has passed through here at some given time. Um, yeah, it's great that they're developing it and feels like a venue from. that a lot of people come back to as well, isn't there? Once yeah. bands get big and they have to do for whatever reason a smaller venue, yeah. Brudenell is definitely on that list of ones that they want to. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I hear that Busted are here tomorrow, <laughs> playing, <laughs> yes, yeah, playing free yeah. shows. Yeah, that's busy. I don't know whether that Busted passed through Brudenell on their way up, if you know what I mean. But they're probably just like, we want like a credible venue in, yeah. in Yorkshire, and then they were suggested the to one. do it here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Says a lot. Yeah, fair play. Hopefully, you know, it's it's nice that they will pack it out and uh, do some good for Nath. And I got yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got no beef with Busted, no, no. man. Yeah, bring it on. So, um, we're going to take it back to the very, very beginning as as much as possibly can and try and f- sort of give a little taste as to how you got to where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can can you th- remember like your first experience of of music of any form? Um. Yeah, Michael Jackson really okay. is probably a good a good sort of starting point. Um I remember at school um I wanted to be Michael Jackson. When they said like what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. My answer was Michael Jackson. Cool. And uh <laughs> they had to kind of explain it to me that that's not how things work. Yeah. And uh so then I my then my next response was well I'll be the next Michael Jackson. Okay. Um, or, and I think my plan was to move to America and become one of his dancers. And right. And then when he died, take over. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's pretty quite, high, That's quite a plan. Yeah. Quite big aspirations for a sort of like seven year old. Yeah. But I don't know how old I was. Maybe even younger than that. Um, but I suppose that um, and... A lot of country music. My dad used to play as well. Okay. Uh, certainly a guy called Randy Travis. We used to listen to a lot of kind of... It was the 80s, so um, quite... Uh, I mean, I, I know country music isn't deemed as the kind of like the coolest music ever anyway. I've always been a fan, but in yeah. the 80s, it was particularly kind of corny and cheesy in, yeah. in everything about it. But that never stopped us singing along in my dad's car and... Um, uh, yeah, you know, I love Randy Travis. I, yeah. I, I think, I actually was talking about this recently, but I think um, now there's more chance of me kind of going back and listening to Randy Travis than there is Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, um, see. <laughs> But I guess also you don't hear Randy Travis kind of pumped out on the on the, the dance floor or yeah, on, the, on the radio as well, so it feels a little bit more personal. But he was like, um, yeah, kind of really overly romantic, kind of corny country singer with the big snare drums and stuff, akin to like Garth Brooks or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I really loved it. It felt like um, a real 
it just sort of tugged on my heartstrings as a little kid, basically, and yeah. especially the singing along aspect of it and kind of learning the words and and stuff like that, which is something that has, you know, always stayed with me. Yeah, I was going to say, there's you can, well, I can certainly see elements of that within your songwriting. Um, you know, a lot of country music, I guess, is, is big on the stories. Yeah, and it that, is. And it's, it's also very definite, I think, because people are like, oh, your songs are like... The, say they're political or this, that and the other, but it's the thing about my songs is you know exactly what they're about. Yeah. It's yeah, not like no fucking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's sort of painting a picture, um, you know, using words that makes you sort of insights feelings. It's like, they're definitely about things. And that is what all country music songs yeah. are as well. And there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of country sing- songs about, you know, drinking and kind of, you know, like sort of, shagging and yeah. you know a lot of the things which and it took, actually took me a while you know a couple of albums in that i realized you sort of worked back my sort of inspirations too yeah because it's you know just because of my accent it's it doesn't it initially sound like a country song but it's cool you know maybe my songs are yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um i mean with regards to some of the stories that with with the sort of folk songs and the, the country songs that's like i say that's a massive element of it how much do you think like hearing those stories has like maybe some subconsciously influenced your your writing style um what hearing the stories inside those songs i yeah. don't know because i never really again when i started the stories that that um inspired my songs weren't it's just shit that's happened that's more like i've always found that the biggest inspiration for my music is is my life yeah um and that's where i draw because musically you know it's, it's the same chords it has been for <laughs> since the since the word go um so it's it's not like i sort of necessarily look to other music for inspiration not that it doesn't but at its core it's like i find more inspiration on what's going on you know outside in the street or um you know the uh, sort of current events or oh yeah or just something that i do one night you know a story within my life that night i think that's generally when i'm writing a song i less i don't really sit and think about what it's going to sound like it's more like well, more even more, it's like oh, I'm going to write a song about this, and then sit down to yeah, write yeah. that specific song. A lot of the idea comes first. Cool. Okay. Um, can you remember when you first saw live music? Then, not not like not as a, not you performing, but your first experience of live yeah, music. Yeah, it was a band called Planet Empathy was the first gig that I went to at the Army and Navy in Chelmsford. In right. Essex. Okay. Um, and they were like kids from around town uh grew up in a place called Braintree which didn't have yeah. any live music venues uh, but there was like a group of kids that were like probably like three or four years older and they was like they looked like they was in a band you know yeah. and they was like the kids in town in a band and uh I just yeah I just liked their vibe um as a kind of little kid and uh I just talked my dad into taking me to one of their gigs, and uh, and then in the end, I used to go and hang out in their rehearsal room and right, just basically let them completely. smoke my weed. Yeah, that was <laughs> well, that was the way of uh, of them letting me hang. They're like, "Oh, who's this kid hanging around?" Yeah, yeah. skin up, and they're like, "We're rehearsing again next yeah. Wednesday." Like, do you want to come down and hang out again? And uh, became pretty tight with them, and it was yeah, actually yeah. it was like. Um, the guitarist of that band that uh, gave me a ride to my first ever Glastonbury. You know? Awesome. So it was sort of, I think I knew what I was looking for yeah. in all of, all of these things initially. There was something within me that, you know, that wanted to be 
in a rehearsal room on the edge yeah. of town and hitchhiking to Glastonbury. Yeah, and where you feel of, comfortable. Yeah, and yeah. And I sort of tracked, tracked it down around looking about what was on, you know, what my options were in Braintree and sort of. Awesome. And you, um, so you're quite known for, for having gone to Glastonbury quite a lot of times, since, I think is. Well, since I've not missed one since that first one when I was, uh, so that was, I was 16. Yeah. Um, so that would have been um, 97. Right. So that I was, I was 16 wow. and, uh, and I, yeah, I got a lift with the guy. I didn't really know a huge amount about it. Yeah. Um, but when, and since then I've not missed one. I mean, obviously they take a year off every now yes, and then. Yeah, so but it's if not, it's happened, it's you've not been, been there. Yeah, exactly. Mate, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I still, you know, like a lot of people, it's, people still kind of want to criticize Glastonbury like it used to be like this blah, blah, and it's like fuck it it's still Everything incredible evolves. if anybody goes there yeah exactly things have got to change and the thing is it's like if you're going to go to a party and moan about how it used to be then you know just don't go yeah. you know no just remember it you. it's still to me it's still the greatest party in the world and it's oh, yeah. like because now it's so you know I, I actually I know the place like the back of my hand I know how to get around yeah, which yeah. is <laughs> that is which, the key to Glastonbury yeah like, the not a lot are. of people sometimes I have to shut up because I feel like a sort of like you know someone that knows too much oh we yeah. do a left down here we're good it's like, oh yeah. my word shut up mate you know we're <laughs> trying to get lost nice. um, so yeah you know Glastonbury's always you know held, held a special place in my heart from and initially that when I first went it wasn't like I want to play Glastonbury no. it was just like I went just because I loved it and got involved and uh, it was actually quite significant the first oh, Beans of Toast was almost created there I'd uh, I had a bunch of I, the band I was in had sort of broke up and I'd been writing songs of this kind of different nature these yeah. more like obvious really English songs and I had the name Beans on Toast I was I, my intention was to start a band Okay, uh, and I so it's like never five, designed as a solo project. Yeah, it was just like, I hadn't thought that much about it, but I had the name and it was like, yeah, I'll probably start a band, call it Beans and Toast, and, you know, and sing these these songs. And a lot of them were about going to festivals and getting wrecked. Yeah. And uh, the got and it was at Glastonbury and there was like an open mic sort of stage. Yeah. I don't even think it was an open mic stage. They used to have like podium, little podium things, didn't yeah, they? That you it could was get in like a tent. Stands. It was like a cafe in a tent and it just yeah. felt, or maybe I knew someone, but anyway, it was just like, <laughs> it's like, and I was like, I'll get up and do, I was singing a couple of these, these songs. I'd played in bands before, so I yeah. wasn't like nervous about getting up on stage or anything like that. And, uh, but it went down so well. I mean, halfway through the first song, I decided that I didn't need a band and that this was this was what it was going to be. <laughs> That's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was you know it's preaching to the converted as yeah. well. You know, singing songs about getting hammered at festivals to a bunch of hammered people at a festival yeah, yeah. is quite an easy sale. Um, but it worked, and from then on, it was uh, I just I got straight back from that last day and just started booking shows instantly and was just like oh, i can just you know i'll just play like this and yeah. do it and and it's um it, you know now 15 20 years later i'm here you know traveling with a band now yeah um but it's still like um it took a long a long while to be able to get to you know even the financial realities of touring with a band i don't understand no. how new bands start out you know i certainly wouldn't have been you know i played every gig under the sun for nothing or 50 quid for yeah. years just because i wanted to do it I, you know and i could make it work because yeah. it wasn't you know i just work at other jobs and whatnot and uh i don't understand how new bands that have got four or five people gonna start out by you know yeah, you have to pay, to yeah. pay to play. Yeah, even so, if that's not what the promoter. Yeah, saying, you exactly. Are to yeah. Play. yeah. Um, 
So the once that reality that you know how easy it was being a solo musician and the fact that I didn't have to worry about anything else, I could uh, agreement you know even artwork or travel arrangements yeah, yeah. whatever I didn't have to run anything by anyone and I just and I could just crack on and do it and that is like instantly became a freedom that um a sort of creative freedom that I'd, that I'd never witnessed before and yeah. and you know and it was, I mean these were pretty um uh pretty messy days in my life it was uh you know I was in my sort of mid-20s and uh What's the word I'm looking for? I was hammered the whole time, so it was <laughs> right. nice, uh, um, nice to have that that, that freedom, yeah, as, as well. But yeah, and that was the kind of birth of you know of, of the music that I, that I make now. Awesome. And at the time, again, there was no like uh, sort of master plan or like, um, yeah, this is something that just I'm the buzz of playing. Yeah, I was just yeah. doing because it could, you know, and for the fuck of it. Awesome. Have you got any? Um, have you got any Glastonbury sort of? outstanding stories well i've got one but i've already written it up in my book okay and right, uh, I'll, let, I'll let the listeners listen the, to read that then. yeah and or audio book if they really nice. want to go did audio. you read it i did and i'll oh, tell you what yes. the audio book was right in the book was enjoyable and um i'm not normally one for memory lane but i got quite i, I really enjoyed delving back into old memories and, and writing up the book um and then the audio book, it was like, it's got to be done, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, it was one of the most difficult creative things <laughs> I have ever done. Because it was like, fucking talk about sick of the sound of your own voice. Like reading yeah. a book that you've read, read it out loud. And then because I, what I did when I made a mistake, I'd just go back and start a sentence again. Yeah. And then editing it, listening to myself, <laughs> fuck up. Did you edit and it? it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and man. it was, there was one point when I was editing it where I'd made the same mistake like four times. And I, I basically just went like, ah, and screamed with annoyance to myself. But when I was recording it, I was annoyed with myself as well and screamed at the same time. So I'm wearing headphones, screaming, listening to myself, screaming inside the fucking headphones. And it was like, ah, ah. I was like, pulled the, ha- pulled the headphones off. I was like, yeah. I'll do it. Need I'll a break. It tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going mad. You got um, several layers of inception there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy. Um, Glastonbury stories. God, I feel like I should be able to um, write a whole book about them. Um, I met Banksy at Glastonbury. Okay, so you're one of the people who know the Banksy. Yeah, I mean, I'm also still, yeah. this was a long time ago and it was proper forgetful. Um, so <laughs> if he walks into the room now, I don't know necessarily whether I'd recognise him again. Nice but I was story. working. I was working on site and I was, so I was there like a week early. And uh, I didn't, my job was quite easy. I didn't have a huge amount to do. And I had a BMX and I was just like cycling around, yeah, the, yeah. around the site. And, and this was years ago. Banks, I was a big fan of Banks's work. Yeah. But he wasn't like a household name by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I just cycled past this guy that was putting up a stencil. And um, I was like, it's fucking it's Buddy Banks in it. And uh, so I just went over and was like, uh, hey, hey. I went over and it turns out it was one of the people that I'd travelled down to Glastonbury with. He was on the same work. He'd caught a lift with the work crew that I was kind of with. (laughs) And I'd said, and I was, it obviously, you know, just kept super quiet about it. I was like, mate, it's you. And he was like, yeah, but I do, you know, try and keep quiet about it. I was like, fucking right. Like, I did feel a little bit like Starfucker to be honest because yeah. I hadn't really said two words to him and he added to me and then after that I was all like cuddling up to him yeah. like, where are you going now? you know, got to do some more stencils. Just appearing on your bike. Yeah. And then, the, and then weirdly the following year I see him again and uh, 
from that, I yeah. became mates with a couple of his mates. But I didn't, I didn't sort of chase it down or whatever. I was like, cool. I, I respect the kind of anim, anonymity. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the following year, again, I was working. I was working in the dance field. And um, he, I walked past, or I just saw something going on. And basically him and this other guy that I knew were filling tents up with helium balloons. Yeah. And then spraying Banksy on the side and letting them go so that the tents just sort of like floated up above and just sort of like yeah. floated into the sky basically <laughs> and they were struggling they was like oh we can't hold the tent down and this guy was like jay come and give us a hand so i was like held the tent while they yes tanked. banksy sir yeah, yeah exactly like tanked it's like high five see you later <laughs> i was just like fucking brilliant just you know doing the art piece awesome so technically you contributed towards a banksy that's uh, that's, well, that's exactly what i'm saying that's, yeah that's fact you can't argue with that awesome um yeah i absolutely love Glastonbury it's been many years since I've been way way too long life has got very much in the way um but yeah I, I first went when I was 16 as well and it was my first festival and absolutely blew my fucking mind yeah it's the way to it do was, it as well isn't it thrown in at the deep end no clue what was going on heard about it before uh and Skunk and Nancy were headlining um, right. my favorite band and were then I was just like yeah gonna go it was I think I paid like 90 quid to get the bus from Middlesbrough down to right. Glastonbury and back and the ticket and yeah bought it like three weeks before, before right the festival yeah yeah and that. it definitely just, used to be a lot a lot you could do it on more of a whim yeah very but much I, so. absolutely amazing I think, I think I've been five times since right. since then um since 99 but yeah absolutely amazing I don't I agree I don't think it can be beaten even regardless of how it changes I think it's just it's such an experience that you, you can't really there's a there's a magic in a history to yeah. it that yeah that can't be yeah, yeah. and yeah long may it continue so I think it's yeah. certainly something that, and I'm sure yeah. it will as yeah. well yeah awesome so in terms of uh, your other work within within the music I don't know if it's kind of before Beans on Toast really took off or became something that you could do as a sustainable thing as a career mm-hmm. um, I understand you were involved in Nambuka at yeah some point. very much right? so yeah yeah. Yeah, we, um, I mean, me and my mates, we, we were Nambuka, really. Yeah. You know, we like, um, walked into the pub when it was just an empty pub and we lived around the corner and we were doing like club nights and stuff. Me and Dave, actually, who uh, who's drumming in the band here. Right, okay. Um, and we, we, you know, we just, we, we spent all day drinking in the pub and uh, not one person walked through a door. It was just, we moved into Archway and we went down and we just went into this pub and it was just like, there was literally not yeah. one, no one else even came in. And this massive boozer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so a few more mates come and we had like a skateboard and we was like skateboarding around the pub. Like, immediately <laughs> it felt lawless. And uh, just chat to the manager and he was just like, he'd just taken it on and he yeah. was like, yeah, I'm just looking to get it off the ground. And... Uh, so we did a Sunday event. We started off. We was like, oh, we'll do. We did quite. We did weekend club nights, and we was like, we'll do like a Sunday hangout, like afternoon, yeah, thing. And um, we did that, and just the first one was just bonkers. We just basically brought everybody from the wherever they was on Saturday night. Like we'd had a, a bit of a big party somewhere, and we'd all just went to this yeah. pub afterwards. <clears throat> and uh, the manager was like, well, you can, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, we drank for free because we brought everybody in. And uh, he was over the moon. That was the, more money than he'd done for you know the whole week put together, and uh, it just, and it just kind of went from there. It snowballed quite quickly because then we did a couple more nights, and then the manager started. And like I said, these again, these were 
these were pretty heavy days. When like, we, when what sort of, what sort of uh, time two, we talking? Two thousand. Okay, yeah. Um, two thousand and five. Right. Yeah, mid two thousands, okay. I guess. Um, and they, uh, yeah, it just kind of like we started doing more and more nights, and then the manager started being like, "You can't do this, you can't do that," and then the owner kind of got wind and was like, "You do whatever you want." <laughs> Um, just keep bringing the people in yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then the manager left and one of our mates took over as the manager and then that was it you know we was in awesome um, your playground we moved in upstairs me and David first to move in but there was 11 rooms upstairs and wow. we slowly took over all of the 11 rooms and lived there for about five years um, putting on gigs and, yeah. and I've, I've worked in in kind of licensed establishments since and uh we never knew basically the way that licensing laws in London work is you deal with your uh, the, your council borough. Yeah. And the easiest way to do, explain Nambuka is Holloway Road, which is kind of a really long road. Yeah. Um, Islington Council put Christmas decorations up to a point, and then <laughs> there's Nambuka, and then on the other side of the road, Haringey Council put their right. Christmas lights up. So it's a kind of no man's land. That so none of the councils, <laughs> yeah, yeah, none of the councils would take responsibility <laughs> for it. So, and I only looked and found this out in hindsight. But I think yeah. if you rung in a complaint, they would have went, "It's their just, fault." Just, just pass it between yeah. them. It's, and no one would say because the first pub I went into afterwards, we moved from there because Nambuka burnt down, and we went from there to a pub in Kentish Town. And two weeks we was there, and the police and the licensing and everybody come around and was like, oh, "What mate. the fuck are you doing? Like you cannot yeah. operate a pub like this." And he was like, "It's what we've been doing out yeah. there." And I was like. I was like, they said I weren't allowed to be the manager of this new place that we'd taken over. Because I was like, you just, that was like, you take all your, like, everyone from the bar upstairs every night. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. that's how we roll. (laughs) And I was like, no, this is, you cannot do it. We got away with absolutely every, every, we pretty much, we got away up to the point of murder, I think, at Nambuka. (laughs) Up to, but not including. Yeah, yeah, up to, but not including. And, uh, and, and, and just never had a, had a, had a bit of bother. Yeah. It was like, we, we was the guy that owned it owned a lot of boozers and uh it, i think it had just been losing him money forever and then he just let it let like i said he just let us roll with yeah. it yeah um but it was it wasn't a squat but it might as well have been at you know for all intents and purposes but yeah we were a lot yeah. of the time we weren't paying rent or anything like that it was just you know <laughs> we was just sort of like operating it <clears throat> excuse me best we could um but yeah great good times yeah yeah, yeah. i good mean time. I guess the reason I mention it is the first time that I heard of, of Beans on Toast um, was through um, a couple of different Frank Turner songs that I that I'd kind of pieced together. So I knew sure. Proof Rock, um, uh, where I believe you're you're mentioned in I that, sure am, yeah. and and then Nambuka mentioned in Ballad uh, of Me and, and My, my friends. friends, which the original which, that was like MySpace days, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. that when Frank was literally just. Before his first album, when yeah. it all started really happening, the Ballad of Me and My Friends on MySpace, that was recorded on Mike and I produced that. <laughs> Producer credits. But I produced yeah. it. So it's uh, um, just brought my laptop downstairs and like in the middle of the night and everybody sat around yeah, and we yeah. just, like, recorded it into the little like mic on my on my laptop. And that was the one that, you know, it was like there. <laughs> that's at the end. That's, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's not the one that ended up on the album. He did re-record it at the um, at a gig, but the the initial one, the kind of yeah. demo that that really exploded, that was uh, yeah, that was recorded just you know at a night in in Nambuka. 
Nice. He'd come back and was like, I'm name checking the pub and a song. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, like Frank, obviously, you know, a lot of the people that used to live at Nambuco still work on kind of Frank's crew. Right, and stuff okay, like yeah. That. So, um, yeah, and you know, a lot of people that either passed through or lived there, you know, are doing great things with, you know. With so it's really, it's a real creative hub, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was, I, 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 I at the time, there was a lot more. There was a lot more getting on it than there was painting pictures. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm honest, you know, I don't seems to be the way with a lot of a lot yeah. of people that have done very well of, from that time. Yeah, um, but um, but yeah, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. But there was, you know, there was there were wonderful times. Yeah, yeah. definitely to be- felt special. You know, like and uh, and because it, it it really felt like we just sort of like. We were just blagged it so yeah. well, you know. We had this, we had our own place, because and because it was so big, you know. Of all the rooms upstairs, you could just like, and yeah, like I said, we just kind of had sort of permission to do what we want, which is what you know, twenty year olds the dream. should do. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. And, the, and the bands that we had, because it was just quite, a, it was good time for for music. I suppose when's not, you know, it's just like, but, yeah, but when again, there. like, but I remember seeing like Florence and the Machine play, yeah. like, and not even at a gig, so you just like. Uh, after hours um just like stamping on the floor and like, acapella singing songs and i was just like surely that is good enough to be yeah, like yeah. what that's a worldwide star that's like the best music ever gonna hear and it's like and now you know she is yeah, yeah, that yeah, worldwide absolutely. star world is up and it's like good. called it yeah <laughs> good. awesome yeah i mean i've heard you on um you were on Scroobius pips podcast yes. as well and i've listened to way too many podcasts for for the amount of time that I've been listening to them, <laughs> um, and yeah, like he talks to to quite a lot of people. Like he spoke to Kate Nash and um, and people like that. And there seem to be all sorts of little hubs around sort of Holloway Road, and people sort of passed through there quite a lot. And there seems to be so many names that that went through Nambuka. That, yeah, that well, have just, I mean, yeah, yeah gone on. like you know, we had what Maccabees, James yeah. T, like. Um, yeah, we, at Mumford, like yeah. Soko. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, I mean, we did one particular gig there where we had, we'd I'd crashed someone else's van, so we did a gig called Van Aid to try and uh, <laughs> try and make the money back to get their van back. And uh, uh, the, in hindsight, the booking was uh, Bastille, or it, at the time it was just Dan, yeah. Dan Smith playing solo. But so Bastille, the Noisettes, Eliza Doolittle, Frank Turner, <laughs> Mumford and Sons. And that was like yeah. booked in in, in a three day like run. Nice. Um, it was like fuck, you know. Yeah, we'd crash this van. We did van aid, and we made the money back. Awesome. I was going to ask. Good. Yeah. And we well. made, we actually made some more more than we needed. So we said if anybody comes into the pub over the next week, um, we'll pay off any parking fines <laughs> that anybody's got or speeding, Anything driving or speeding related. tickets. Yeah. That's amazing. Love the spirit. Um, so in terms of and your your writing, um, I think the first. The first thing I heard of yours was probably MDMA, MDMA, uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I can, I, I, lo- I loved the vibe, but not a hundred percent related to it, but I thought I'm, I'm going to sort of explore other areas and it's the storytelling that, that caught me. I thought you were going to say I was going to explore other drugs. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You inspired me to really go off the rails. Um, no, no. And then um, I heard, I think it was, was it Children of Bedford. Yeah. And that kind of balances that yeah, out. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly why it was written. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of sort of how your, I guess, songwriting has developed throughout the years, um, 
like you said, you kind of just sort of whatever's happening in the day. Mm. Is there is there any sort of songs that you've consciously decided I need to write a song about such and such a topic, or is it literally just? Well, well I think all happening? of them are like that to a certain extent. Okay, all of the songs like I need to write a song a song about this, or I want to write a song about yeah. this, or this is a good thing to write a song about. Um, it's nothing like I've never felt like this is my duty. Yeah, okay. um, to to do this. I mean, my a lot. Most of my recent album is about the birth of my daughter. Yes, yeah. um, which is you know because that's where my kind of my my sort of head and my heart were. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of it was written in that. I took um, took three months off after she was born. Yeah, and uh, in that period where you kind of come home with this sort of like tiny, beautiful, precious life that you've created. Yeah, and uh, and you just kind of. In, create this bubble basically around around your home where you know everything's changing and you're learning and it's exciting and stuff like that and the album was the majority of it was written from within that bubble yeah absolutely um, which you know and i suppose if ever the you know the world needed a, a kind of protest song it's probably in 2018 but you know <laughs> and there i was writing sort of self-indulgent family songs but um so be it, you know, that's yeah, where my head was that year. And it's not like the world doesn't need any protest songs in 2019. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. The next album's <laughs> all going to be about AI. Right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Lots of algorithms. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, the new album's great. I, honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's certainly hit me at a time. I've got two kids. I've, okay. got, I've got a 20-month-old son um as well so the time that i was listening to it there's so much of it that i immediately was just like yes i'm, I'm going through that now it's amazing and how many new parents yeah. i've talked talked to around playing it as well it's yeah. like and especially you said about um mdma as well it's like the kind of the change between you know like i used to do gigs and just stand at the merch stand talking about doing gear yeah, yeah. you know like and like swapping spliffs or whatever and then now <laughs> it's like at a merch stand talking about like, oh, we're about to have a kid. We're really excited. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, my my kid's this old. The best well, baby well. sales. Like Boots has got an event on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about prams. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, getting your bugaboos out. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, and it's cool. <laughs> I love it. You know, and I, I think because you, you, you can get quite, everyone can be quite gushy and want to talk about that, that sort of yeah. like having a kid as well. And I, and I found, I certainly did, yeah. you know, like, um, it's the ultimate so, cliche that you find, you just realize you've been doing when you have a yeah. kid. It's just like, oh, I haven't shut, shut up for up about, about three it. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, you know, he's <laughs> taking a sort of like, that's a very powerful thing that happens to everybody. So turning yeah. that into song is also very powerful. Yeah. Isn't it? And you know, the best thing that songs do is they, they do, encourage people to talk about things and stuff like that as well or yeah. and it's if it strikes a chord and you know people want to talk to you about it so yeah had some really heartfelt chats with new parents or yeah. people that were you know like expecting as well i think perhaps yeah, yeah. they were some of the best chats when people were like oh you know it, it means a lot listening to your song because you know we were nervous but you know like you know we're having a Settles kid next down. week or yeah. whatever and stuff like that so it's yeah that's yeah that's something that I've, i hold very dear is a reaction to to that song and the kind of, sort of, sort that of magic yeah magic yeah, yeah. is the main song that gets, Ge- that gets genuinely and that, you know yeah not wanting to be this is this is the beans on toast fan club but <laughs> honestly yeah definitely brought a tear to my eye the first time right, i heard yeah. it was, was just i wasn't expecting yeah. to feel like this i was just pretty long i was just listening to some other songs and i was like yeah girl told me she had to pull her car over to yeah. have a little uh have a little sob the yeah, other day have a little moment I was like, oh my word 
But uh, yeah. yeah, I can only presume that they're, they're happy tears. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, ab- absolutely. Um, and whilst, you know, you can see a clear development, sort of, it's, all the stuff seems to be is very autobiographical and you can mm. sort of see how you're, you've grown it's kind of like your entire life. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stop singing about my daughter now. I think it's one thing like about the birth, but like she yeah. can't. She can't have her whole life documented in the songs that's, of her yeah, dad. That's and the she, danger. That would be awful. Um, so I, I felt like I got that off my chest, and, and until yeah, I think that's something I need to be very careful about singing about yeah, her yeah. when she's a teenager and stuff. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's the uh, ultimate embarrassing dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when her friends are singing songs about her to her, that'll be oh, you've got to do it. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so how? I mean, you seem to have a, a real loyal fan base um, that's built and built and built. How how is it sort of seeing them go on the journeys with you? I guess because I guess a lot of them probably discovered you at the same age that they were at when, when you were both at the same age and have sort of followed you through. Yeah, it's lovely. There's some familiar faces that you come across as you as you're traveling. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, it's uh, it's the be all and end all, really. You know, people yeah. coming to the shows and, and giving a shit. Um, you know, wouldn't be able to do this w- without them. And uh, and it has been. Uh, it, it's pretty steady. Which there's a weird thing about um, sort of releasing music and touring is that it's pre- it's it's sort of presumed and it's almost expected to be on a kind of upward slant. Yeah. Like that every yeah, yeah. year it should get better or bigger or yeah. do more tickets or whatever, which is something that, um, you know, not that I'd, I'd turn my nose up at more ticket sales, but I'm also <laughs> like, you know, like I, I've, 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 I've spent more time trying to sort of like make sure that it, I'd rather it be kind of solid yeah. and, and continue rather than kind of uh, sort of, blow out um so yeah you know obviously i love you know it's it's brilliant that you know yes but people and it's all you know you're still playing to new people yeah and um I do, a lot of the times i'll go to portsmouth i've been sending the guys so i sold exactly the same amount of tickets last three <laughs> years and i had to check in the crowd if there was the same yeah the same exact 270 same. people had been <laughs> exactly like yeah we'll do just yeah. exact, no new ones and no yeah, one yeah. else it didn't seem the case about half and half so it sounds a bit dodgy i guess you're kind of picking up constantly picking up i think it's the um as far as you know sort of like making it um it work and making it viable is that that kind of consistency of of always releasing and and always touring and you know and playing festivals i think you kind of you know ideally you 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 constantly introducing new people to your music yeah uh, as well as kind of you know giving the, the people that are already into it enough to kind of keep them interested yeah and you know one of the things that you seem to have i don't know i, I don't know how unique it is but in terms of merch and stuff you've, you've got creative with merch and you know stuff that you can take keep control of i know you do sort of the artwork and stuff i've yeah. heard a couple of stories of you Jumping out of vans when you're seeing like a like a hobby craft or something along those lines to, yeah, to grab some canvases. The canvases yeah, yeah, the canvases do really well. Like I've been selling them for for a few years now, and um, you know it's just a couple of words written on a canvas, but you know people love them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, and you know, and it's wicks, you know. And again, you know, I wrote the book for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons was, you know, you don't sell CDs and merch stands anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, but people want to buy something because they want to be yeah. part of it. So it's like, well, you know, I'll write a book. 
Yeah. And it's like, and then that could be something that's selling. And, you know, but the react the book's going for a tenner. And, and that, a lot of work and thought went into that. Yeah, book. yeah. And then, so does the canvas go for a tenner. Not, not much work <laughs> or effort went into them. Yeah, but it's, um, it's just... It, it's but one doesn't work without the other. Yeah, One doesn't work without the other. So I'm, I'm certainly not complaining about no. people buying a book. Um, but yeah, you know, and the, I think, again, I think that comes from consistency and from, you know, for touring all the time, you work out what is good, you know, yeah. and you just kind of keep keeping an eye out for, you know, without being too fucking busy to like income streams, you know, it obviously needs to, you know, it's not replacing one thing with it. another. Yeah. 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 And obviously your little internship that you did with Banksy probably helped a lot with maybe the it was that yeah, yeah yeah maybe the little art the art street art rubbed yeah. off on me yeah i think that definitely needs to be publicized a bit more so you know one of the yeah banksy prodigies yeah i do what's yeah. the uh what, what's the guy who made a film about mr brainwash right. i do a mr brainwash moment and be like banksy's mate beans on yeah. toast after helping him with his art <laughs> at glastonbury yeah excellent um so you've done again mixing it up you've in terms of the way that you've performed. I know when you did you did the um drunken folk stories, is that correct? Have I made that? Uh that's oh, the book. That's the book. Yeah. Is that what you called the tour as well? You did it was I did s- a uh so the book's called Drunk Folk Stories. Yeah. Um I did a tour off the back of the book, which was a seated tour. Yes. Um so it was in seated venues around the country. I sat down, they sat down. Nice and, and intimate. It's uh, incredible how different a gig can be when you get people in seats. Yeah, yeah. So the behaviour of humans on mass <laughs> is is uh, is interesting. Like, oh, because I was like, we chose the venues quite selectively. It wasn't like I didn't want it to be like uh, numbered seats where it's okay. like you have to sit in a particular place. So it's right. like we wanted quite casual, still with an open bar going on so i didn't want it to be like a, f- a formal beans on okay. toast gig but i wanted it to strict be strict lines of seats yeah and i ushers. mean some of them were you know each venue changed it's it, again it's not someone i knew so much about we didn't you know hadn't worked with the venues before yeah. so uh it changed from night to night but um and i'd basically the set would be i'd tell a few more stories it'd be i mean my gigs are you know a talky anyway yeah um but these ones were just rather i think normally i'm trying to stop myself from fucking chatting too much <laughs> Um, but these these ones were, um, I, inc- I sort of let myself chat as much as I wanted to. Yeah. And sort of made a point of, t- we, we sort of build it as stories and songs with Beans on Toast. And um, it worked, it was lovely. Yeah, really, you know, it made sense because of the book. I took it to Edinburgh and did like a two-week stint. Oh, amazing. Uh, at Edinburgh Fringe in the Voodoo Rooms, which was cool. Yeah, um, it's a great venue. Yeah, great yeah. venue. And it's the venue I normally play in uh, um, Edinburgh anyway. Right. Um, and so I just spoke to them and, and they hooked it up and they put us up. I sent my family up. We stayed up there for two weeks. And um, Nice. Yeah, it's cool. Became pals with Phil Jupiter's. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Punk poet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. There's, yeah, there's not many. There's, I don't. I know it's uh, predominantly billed as a comedy festival at Edinburgh, but I don't think there's enough musical well, it's like theatre, music, yeah. you know, like, I guess, yeah, there's, I mean, I saw a lot of comedy while yeah. I was there. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a festival of the arts and it's like, it's definitely a sight to behold. I mean, yeah, um, yeah I'd love time. Have you been, uh, like, without playing? No, it was the no. first time I went. Oh, right. Wow, um, okay. And uh, I don't know whether I'll, 
again, me being a creature of habit, sometimes I do things and I'm like, I'm just going to do it every year. That's it. Yeah. Now. But I don't know whether, um, whether I'll do it, is it on a yearly basis, but no. I'll probably wait till I write my next book. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so a couple more things before mm-hmm. I let you go. Thank you very much for your time. Um, you've toured all over the place. Have you got anywhere that in particular, like literally anywhere in the world that you try and make a point of going to? Um, well, because your podcast is strictly about Yorkshire, <laughs> I'm going to say Hebden Bridge. Yes. Okay. Is um, that Traders? I, I know it through Trades Club. Yeah. yeah and uh, have a lot of love for it. And there's a waterfall in yes, Hebden as well, is. which, um, uh, you know, obviously few and far between in, <laughs> yeah. in England. And, uh, and I just have a particularly nice memory of going there on a summer's day. But it was still freezing cold, and yes. people were in that pool. Well, us included. <laughs> I, we got in and out. But the, this one guy was just like chilling. Nice. Um, <laughs> and and I would, but I went there. You know, I've been there. Sort of chose to go there. In fact, because I, I played a gig in Leeds on New Year's Day a few years know, ago, and we was like, "Where are we going to spend New Year's Eve?" So me and right. my wife went to uh, Hebden. Nice. And uh, and chilled there. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, history of witches isn't it yeah and i think so yeah i've heard that magic in the hills yeah very nice very nice i think um i think i've seen adam buxton post that he, yeah that he's it's one of his favorite places in the world right. as well i might be exaggerating that slightly but he definitely is fond of it so mm. yeah awesome and uh, happy valley as well great show yeah awesome um in terms of uh, a couple of things before I do the quiz and see okay. how you see how you fare on a bit that. Nervous about the quiz, but okay. let's see how we do. We'll build it up. I'll build the tension a little bit. Um, one thing that I just gonna throw it out there: nineteen eighties Sagittarius. Yeah. I think is a great song. Well done. Thank you. However, it's rock paper scissors, not paper scissors stone. Definitely not paper scissors stone. No, no, definitely rock paper scissors. Um. Because there's people, Americans call it something else as well. And I was I was raised as a paper, scissors, stone. Okay. I think we should put that to a vote <laughs> to your listeners. Okay, well, we'll do that. I'll put, I'll put up a like a poll. We'll yeah, yeah, it comes out with. Poll, but I'm pretty sure it's paper, scissors, stone. And you know, even if the poll says it's not, I'm, I won't change my ways. Okay, okay. Well, at least I've got that off my chest. I yeah, feel, I'm feel glad a little you did. Bit and I will definitely ask around and do my own poll. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll see how that comes out. Yeah, some yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I got things wrong. But no, that's no, it's, it, that's paper, scissors, stone. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. Okay. okay. Um, one other thing, you tour pretty much everywhere. Um, and I chuck this out to pretty much everybody. Um, I originally grew up in, in Hertfordshire and then moved when I was about 12 to Whitby. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've not played there. And there is a folk festival. Okay. Um, so I strongly mes- uh, recommend that you do go and play there because nobody ever, ever plays Whitby. Ever. Apart from at the folk festival. Apart from at the folk festival. Yeah, well, folk uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah but like, room. but like, in terms of people, lots of people that are like, yeah, we, we play everywhere. Right, I've never okay. Seen, yeah. like, you know, is there a venue? The, um, there is a theatre. My friend has just, um, well, not just, but owns the Whitby Brewery, and they've got a license. So if you want to come and play in a brewery. Yeah, then, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, as much as yeah, I play everywhere. Most of the time, certainly with the. Um, the more off the map things, 
uh, sort of places, it's more I'll go everywhere I'm asked. Yeah, okay, than all right. To okay, go everywhere. That's probably a fair point. Then maybe um, the people of Whitby have not asked you to go, and yeah. that's on them. And certainly with that, because a lot with festivals as well. You know, with Whitby Folk Festival, for example, a lot of people kind of write to me and they're like, "Why, you know, you should play Green Man, or why don't you?" Yeah, play this? yeah. And it's like just to like. The bands don't choose the festivals, you know. The yeah, festival that's, choose, that's a, choose, all right. Yeah, that's choose, a fair choose point. Choose the band, but you know, anybody is listening to this that does want me to play Whitby Folk Festival. Yeah. Uh, the power of you saying to them, yes. "Could you book Beans on Toast?" Is you know, their festivals listen to members of the public requesting for bands okay. a lot. You know, so ask them, and hopefully they'll ask me, and then we can go to Whitby together. Awesome, Jess well, Morgan, the- who is playing tonight. Has a song called Whitby. Okay. And uh, I strongly remind you to check it out because I brilliant. certainly will do very and, shortly. Uh, maybe we could all go together. That sounds amazing. Deal. Um, cool. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions. Mm-hmm. The answers are either Yorkshire or not Yorkshire. Okay. So exclusive to Yorkshire or not exclusive to Yorkshire. Are you ready? Okay. Welshmen are banned from entering the city before sunrise and must leave before sunset. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Chester. Yeah. <laughs> you see, not well, surprised. It's, well, it's like, <laughs> if, it, uh, if Yorkshire's just quite far away from Wales, isn't it? It's, it seems like a weird rule. Okay. <laughs> Have to be somewhere closer. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Nice logic. It is illegal for a public house owner to permit a person to be drunk on his premises. Say that again. It is illegal for a public house owner to permit a person to be drunk on his premises. A public, as in a, as in a licensed yeah. pub. It's illegal to have someone drunk on their premises. Yeah. That's a, if that is real, that's a stupid rule. It, that is um, a stupid it, rule. In Yorkshire. Correct. Okay. It's two for two. If someone knocks on your door needing to use the toilet, you must let them enter. I hope that this one is true and in Yorkshire. It's true. Scotland. Oh. It is legal to murder a Scotsman. There's a caveat to this. <laughs> not that's not not, <laughs> not in Yorkshire and not anywhere. It is in York, so long as they're carrying a bow and arrow. Although I feel that the trump of murder will still apply and you will be put in prison. Right, but technically okay. there's a bylaw that states in York, if they're carrying a bow and arrow, a Scotsman can be murdered. It's worth keeping in mind. <laughs> Okay, so it is legal for a male to urinate in public as long as it's on the rear wheel of his motor vehicle and his right hand is on the vehicle. Uh, that's that just a thing. That's not just Yorkshire. Correct. It's everywhere, yeah. But you, you say that like... Like a man who's pissed up his own van yeah. a lot of times, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, in, I didn't know about the hand on the van, though. Yeah, you've got to be careful. There's, there's strict criteria. That's <laughs> <laughs> where that's how they catch you out. Um, in July 2013, a law was passed that states it's illegal for adult children not to visit their parents often, and they're also required to attend to their parents' spiritual needs. Sorry, you're going to have to say that one again as well. So, in 2013, a law was passed that states it's illegal for adult children not to visit their parents often. Hang on, adult children? So oh, right, so grown. Kids. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you've moved out, yeah. it's illegal to not visit 
your, your mum and dad, or look after their spiritual needs. Correct. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire. China. Oh, sounds like I. I don't know whether it should be illegal, but encouraged. Yeah, I yeah. Think. I think it's a beautiful one. Yeah, I think that's something we should all do. Yeah. Um, but not because the law stated. No, no, it's a bit oppressive. But yeah. just do it because it's nice. Um, it is illegal to drive with an uncaged bear. Yeah, everywhere. Missouri, but not Yorkshire. Right. Yeah, so not you get Yorkshire. that. <laughs> yeah. um, a law still exists from the Middle Ages that requires all males over the age of 14 to be trained in shooting a longbow. Yeah, fuck it, Yorkshire. Full UK. Oh, well. Full UK. Oh, yeah. Nearly there. Two left. There still exists a law that was instated in the 1800s, which states a husband is allowed to beat his wife, but only once a month. No. Not having any of that. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Arkansas. Oh, God. It's disgusting. Again, I imagine these would still be trumped by... You know the actual law, but it's a, it's a bylaw that exists. And finally, it is illegal to flush a toilet after ten pm. <laughs> um, not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, <laughs> Switzerland. Wow. So something to be mindful when you're touring. Yeah, well, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depends what you did in the toilet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you need to get creative with yeah, your uh, we, toiletry needs. Yeah. Right. Time it well. So there we go. How Thank many you. did I get? Uh, you one, two, three, five. Five out of ten. Five out of ten, which puts you joint third place. That's uh, not bad. So yeah, not bad at all. Well done. Not that like I know how many people have done it. Uh, I think <laughs> we've now got nine, eight. Eight people now. Oh, okay. So you're in, uh, you're in good company. Who am I joint with? You are joint... Ooh, let me tell you exactly not that you should have this stuff memorized i know know. this is bad planning uh so you have got um chas palmer williams um of the band lightyear i know him yeah Yeah. uh dan allen oh wow um also uh barney and lola from sonic boom six oh the whole the gang yeah uh and Dave Swallow, uh, who's a mate uh, who I was introduced to by Sam Duckworth. Right. Um, he's so that's who I'm joined with. Yes, that's who you're currently joined with. So you're in good company. Good old you're Swallow. In good company. Nice. So yeah, thank you very much. My pleasure. It's been Thanks. an absolute pleasure. Yeah, you too. Um, yeah, and uh, have a great gig and enjoy the rest of the tour. Wicked. Cheers, guys. Cheers, man. So there you go. That was Beans on Toast, recorded at the Brudenell Social Club in Leeds. Um, as we mentioned before the episode... Um, he is on tour at the moment, so if you can, do make the effort, go and check that out. He's touring with a full band, which he doesn't always do, so it's well worth making the effort to go and do that. Check out his book. Um, there's loads of information about him on the internet, so use the links that I've uh, I've put up for you. Have a look at that and, and enjoy. Thank you very much for listening to the One in Yorkshire podcast. That was episode 11, and join me again for another great guest next week. I will be announcing that during this week. Um, So yeah, thank you very much and uh, good night.